The Ryan Tuberty Show on RTE Radio 1 with Elevon Merchant Services. Growing your business is easy peasy with us by your side. Good morning all, this is Ryan Tuberty with you. It's Monday morning, the 24th of January 2022. It is a beautiful morning in Dublin, Ireland and hopefully the same uh, wherever you are in the country and in the world at large. Let's face it, what a strange um, weekend that was. <laughs> I, I think I think that one of the oddest things about the weekend was how odd it all was. Does that make any sense? And, and people going, what? You can do this? You can do that? I saw handshakes being offered and... Hugs being handed out, and I thought, just overnight, is that the way it works? True to my promise, um, I was uh, in the green room uh, pre-chat show on uh, six, six o'clock uh, with my friends and colleagues. So I am watching uh, the Taoiseach emerge down the stairs, the steps. Not sure what the difference is, but either way, he came down those things. Not a, not a, not a, uh, a slip, but rather a skip in his step. Um, I mean, in fairness to him, he had the eyes dancing with excitement and you knew. Um, it was kind of the flip of Leo Varadkar's Washington speech, which was also a very good speech, but such a dark speech. And then it's like the light got switched on and you could have this more joyful, joyous speech. It was an excellent speech, I thought, uh, to, to his credit. And it was very hopeful. And as we were sitting there watching it um, with my bag of chips, which I was good to my word as well, that my colleagues weren't so impressed that we were all going to be having bags of chips, but, but so be it. They were delicious. They were Italian-Irish, as I promised they would be, and they were. Anyway, I was eating my chips and soaked in salt and vinegar. I'd like a bag now, actually. And they, uh, the Taoiseach announced the restrictions being lifted. And over in, in one corner of the room was Eleanor, Sha- Eleanor McAvoy and Pauline Scanlon and Ash, who were going to be singing for us later on in the evening. And when he said, it's time for us to sing again and so on, they cheered. Um, and, and they cheered like, like somebody had just scored a goal in a match. I think I spent a lot of the weekend listening to people offering metaphors for what it was like. Whether it was, uh, I think, on, on, on Joe, somebody was saying uh, it was like the Northern Ireland peace process, which is a, a great uh, analysis to, uh, comparison too. And I felt there was an Italian ninety feel to it, watching the crowds out in out and about, and um, you know, watching people with their various reactions to it in on the, the six o'clock news then and the nine o'clock news later on in various bars, people cheering the screen. I don't think I remember the last time it, people were cheering a politician on the screen, but there you are. Uh, things have changed in this topsy-turvy world. Um, and then I was out and about on Saturday evening to see... I wanted to get a sense of the the, the of the city, he says, like suffering for his craft, but just to see. Were people happy? Was it, was it? And my goodness, it was... There was a great buzz in the air, and um, there's no doubt about it. Um, Hopefully all those people in that business, um, hospitality, will start to recoup. They certainly did this weekend, for starters. And long may the recouping be uh, continue. And of course we have all these wonderful festivals we're just hearing about in Morning Ireland are, are back as well. So uh, the things are, are opening up nicely. Uh, we got the good coffee in this morning. It feels like having lunch in the good room, which is great. And we and, and strangely, after I mentioned the, the old uh, rickety-dinky chair... Uh, last week that I'm sitting in, after all these what two two years? I don't know how long we've had this chair, uh, but they uh, there's a new one in. I'm sitting in a new chair. I feel like I got a new car today. Got a Tipex twenty what day? It's twenty one, twenty two, twenty two D one, whatever the hell it is. The reg in the back of my new chair. It's great. It, it, it feels like I'm in. 
I'm a new man in the new, in the new chair, which is great. So thank you to whoever organised that. Uh, appreciate it. It feels good. Um, now, what else we got? We've got plenty uh, uh, to uh, talk about today. Goodness, we have Cathy uh, uh, Kelly and, and her dancer, Maurizio, uh, who join us a little later on from Dancing with the Stars from last night. Um, and we have some reflections from Westport on the weekend that was and other stories besides. I did also ask you if, if, if you had time to maybe write out some thoughts on what's happened over the last two years. I said we'd be kind of like the National Catharsis Centre this week. And uh, boy, did you deliver uh, some really, really thoughtful emails. I'm going to bring some of those to you a little later on because they will offer an insight for people. Uh, Particularly, I know a lot of people are, every time you say something celebratory about the the pandemic restrictions being lifted, there's a whole heap of people who will say, you know, please don't celebrate so much or don't forget us. Uh, I heard the expression, some people feel they've been thrown under the bus. And so there's there's another strand of opinion on, on all of this and uh, we're, you know, we're acutely aware of it. But like I said on, on Friday night at the end of the, the, late, the late Late Show, you know, when, when you, you can do this at your own pace, really, um, you don't have to go running or go flying or go to the moon or go to the pub or go to the theatre or the cinema. You don't have to at all. You, you know, there's no obligation just because the restrictions are lifting doesn't mean that you have to partake in all of it. Um, you know, just go at your own, at your own pace. The, um, you know, when I think of New Zealand, I remember talking to Joe Schmidt on the TV show and and he was saying, yeah, I've got to go back to, I'm going to a wedding this afternoon. And we were so jealous because we were in the darkness of the lockdown. I go, God, you go to a wedding? Oh, send us some footage, would you? Like just anything. And I'm not mad about going to weddings. Like, just send me a footage or, of a song or something happy or cake. I don't mind. Uh, and then I'm looking at the headlines this morning. Um, where major events uh, all over New Zealand have been cancelled. You know, they're, they're right into lockdown territory again. Jacinda Ardern's decision to bring in harsh restrictions delayed her own wedding, by the way, because of uh, nine Omicron cases. And uh, they have uh, stopped all sorts of concerts and matches and different things, uh, 100-person cap. Now that's starting to feel kind of like triggering from <laughs> our, our ones before. Um, but uh, that's uh, that's in New Zealand. Just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water, and um, bang, um, and you know, there, I I don't know whether it's because of what's happened, but there's a tiny little niggle at the back of my mind that goes, "What if there's another variant?" You know, it's just there. It's not loud. It's quite. It's it's very quiet, but it it's it's there saying, "Okay, try and get as much done just in case. Go go everywhere, do everything, and see what happens." I'd like to go to Cork, to Cork, to Cork, corkbio.ie, telling us that the High Bee, one of my favourite uh, watering holes in um, in the city of Cork, is uh, back up and running. Uh, and one of the reasons I love it is because the late Brian O'Donnell, who, who owned the place, uh, was always mad about having no phones in the pub. And I think that was, I thought that was a great idea. There was a sign at the door reads, no mobile phones in the High Bee, please. Please talk to each other. Uh, I think that's a good, good lesson in life. I like a pub with a... If an open fire, not many of those around. Uh, no phone policy, love that. No TVs, if possible. That, um, that even better. Again, um, the electricity bill subsidy uh, of one hundred euro uh, due, is going to be paid in by the end of March. So that's probably a good news story for a lot of people as well. Uh, the this is independent.ie. The, the the bill subsidy will be taken off households' bills in March. It'll be paid directly to energy suppliers as part of a plan aimed at reducing household costs this winter. So that's a little bit of uh, good news too. 
Um, there's the documentary on Sinead O'Connor called Nothing Compares and it debuted at the Sundance Film Festival at the weekend and it went down a storm getting a five-star review from Neil McCormick in the Daily Telegraph and to his credit he knows his stuff and he's glowing about it. It's uh, Catherine Ferguson is who the, the woman behind the documentary which features Sinead herself and uh, and her story. I mean if you haven't if you haven't excuse me if you haven't read or audiobooked Sinead's autobiography do yourself a favour because it is one of the best books of 2021 and bar none and I say that because I I, I found it so engaging and very emotional and um, well worth it. and I can see why this if it's anything like this documentary well then that's why it's getting all the reviews they're not allowed to use the song Nothing Compares to You on the on the documentary which is a bit of a shame but the people who, who run Prince's Prince of course who wrote the song and uh, they, it's uh, they, 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 the Prince estate denied the use of the recording for the documentary, so they have to kind of talk around that. But I don't think it's going to affect the the, the, the program greatly, as as proven by the reviews that are in. So well done on that. Went to see Spider Man over the weekend because I've heard so much, and it allows me to talk a bit of uh, arachnofluency, shall we say, uh, with younger people and. Um, yeah, it's good. There's a nice couple of twists and turns and surprises, one of which was completely spoiled by one of my colleagues upstairs. And uh, thanks. And uh, But I, stu- I suffered through it. No, it was good. And it, can can Spider-Man be emotional? I, I heard people were crying and, and cheering. And yes, it can. And she's brilliant. Zendaya is just uh, terrific. And she's going out with the main, the main man, Tom Holland. They have lovely chemistry. And it's, I was a th- thoroughly enjoyed Spider-Man, actually. It was a nice little escapism at the weekend. Speaking of which, um, there's a wedding uh, for an Indian couple. And they're going to get married. You can only have 100 people at a wedding currently in India, but they're having 2,000 people. Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because they're having the country's first metaverse marriage. So, in other words, does that mean everyone puts on goggles or they you, you tune in to the, on your, your tablet or laptop and join the wedding that way? Um, it sounds horrendous, but I, I can think of less crack. Uh, as self-professed Potterheads... Harry Potter fans. The pair have opted for a Hogwarts-themed party. That's okay. I can I can buy that. Uh, guests can attend via their phones or tablets or laptops. Um, and it's 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 it, metaverse is this term used to describe virtual three D environments, in which users can gather and interact. And the groom uh, is a blockchain and cryptocurrency enthusiast. This will come as no surprise to anyone. Um, he uh, worked with the startup, a platform called Tardiverse to create a castle-like digital space inspired by Hogwarts will also come as no surprise to anyone uh, reading this story. Um, and the legal wedding ceremony will take place physically in front of close friends, of course, in their village. But afterwards, the, co- the couple will log on to join their reception, which costs about $2,000 to design. And the pictures are pretty astounding. But how about this for a final twist in the tale here? Who's going to show up? The bride's late father is being conjured up as a cartoon uh, avatar uh, thing. So he'll be there at the metaphor. So imagine all the metaphors weddings that will take place now. You can decide which of your dead relatives you want to invite. Or how about the worst offence of all time? Disinviting a dead relative. That That is the... That, now that's a meta insult. Uh, but that's... <laughs> let's not go there today. Let's celebrate their uh, metaversal... 
um, uh, marriage. And they, they love that in Spider-Man 3, of course, which talks about the multiverse. Which is a bit of, let's not go there either, OK? Um, uh, in a, a very joyful news today, by the way, quick, quick mention of the Late Late Toy Show appeal. Uh, applications open for... Uh, a share of that today, as I'm reading it in the Examiner, which say that uh, groups that work with children can apply today from a, for a share of the 6.6 million raised by you, Irish people, by the way, on one night only in November. And this is great. So the Community Foundation for Ireland, they're terrific. They, they're our partner in the appeal and they process the uh, the turning the donations into grants. So it's brilliant. Last year, we, we, we sorted out there were 600,000 children in Ireland benefited from your generosity last year. Uh, so this year, it'll be done in two two rounds. The first one is for inviting applications from community groups and organisations, grants of between 5,000 and 20,000. So kind of bite-sized grants that could make a huge difference to you. So you can head on to communityfoundation.ie uh, apply and good luck. And I look forward to Now that we can start moving around the place, I'm looking forward to uh, getting around and um, meeting people who are working with these organisations um, that have benefited from the Toy Show Appeal. So that's very exciting indeed. All right, we're on uh, 9.17 this morning. I'm going to begin off with, uh, it wouldn't be one of the best known Kinks songs of all time, but I kind of like it. Baby, you don't know what you're saying. There's a timelessness about a kink song and that's uh, Star Trek, Starstruck. Uh, at last, says Kathleen and family, it feels good not to feel scared anymore. I've had enough of masks and bad news and I'm ready to get life back to normal. Looking forward to my son going to school disco and then school tours, of course, and concerts and hope our elders are okay. They've gone through a lot. More needs to be done to help them get back into society. Well said. And Maeve in Dublin 24 says... Yeah, it was great to see the palpable joie de vivre again in the foyer of the IFI, the cinema in Dublin. I went to see Belfast there. It's magic, sad, funny, sensitive with the Van Morrison hits and added bonus. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful film, like I was saying, uh, with uh, Kenneth Branagh on the, on the show on Friday night. A gentleman, to say the least. Uh, now, let me get to some of these emails and messages you have been sending over the weekend to, to get a sense of where we are uh, as a country uh, in our response to what's been happening. Um, this one is from Sheila. She says, I lost my beautiful husband in May. He was 58, going on 59. We were married 35 years. And COVID was good during his illness as we did not want him to get any infections. He was quite sick. So the restrictions helped him. And his sudden illness lasted 19 months and began just before COVID. And my thoughts were with my husband and always hoping he would recover. And strangely, Meatloaf's passing is also sad as when we first met many the night we cuddled in the car listening to Meatloaf and he loved him and his music always will and always did remind me of our first years together. And he was my everything and I'm glad for everything that restriction, for everyone rather, that restrictions have eased. But like another listener that emailed you, I too feel I have changed and I'm lost and I'm empty and I'm lonely and I can't blame COVID. So I'm thinking about you this morning and thank you for taking the time to write that in and and as I say, reflecting a whole bunch of people who probably feel uh, similar to you. Um, Let me take another one. It's probably too early to say how this pandemic will have affected us, says John. In years to come, the historians will tell us what happened and why, but it will be the writers who will tell us how it felt during the last two years to live as ordinary people in an extraordinary time. And it may take time before the stories can be told properly. It's hard to write about what it meant to live during a war until we're certain that peace is here to stay. The celebrations at the weekend were like what you'd see at the end of a war. But like anyone who comes through a war, there will, for some, be a degree of survivor guilt as we think about the ones we lost. 
Happily, my father died shortly before the pandemic began. And I say happily because he would have hated a small funeral. But I think of my friends who lost their parents and family members. And I see their fingers pressed one last time against the windows of the nursing homes. Their tears as the sealed casket is carried into an echoing empty church. And I think too of one of my friends in particular who took his own life, whose big, generous heart and soul could not bear the loneliness, the misery of isolation. And there was, amid the awfulness, the odd diamond glinting in the rough. Let's not forget the Zoom kitten screensaver addressing an American court or the priest baptising socially distant babies with a water gun. (laughs) And the human condition, writes John, is such that we will probably forget a lot of this far more quickly than we think now. In years to come, when grandchildren ask, what was it like during the time of COVID? What would we say? I wrote this little poem called When back in March 2020. And like many of us, I thought then this would all be finished in a few weeks, a couple of months maybe. And as the football commentator commentator said, they think it's all over. It is now. Or is it? Let's hope so and let's try to remember not to forget. Um, The poem is called When. I think I'm going to read it actually. It's not too long and and, um, it's written by John. I think it's it's a beautiful piece of writing. It, It goes like this. And when this ends, we will emerge shyly And then all at once, dazed, long-haired, as we embrace loved ones, the shadows spared, and weep for those it gathered in its shroud. A kind of rapture, this longed for laying on hands, high cries as we nuzzle, leaning in to kiss, and whisper that now things will be different, although a time will come when we'll forget the curve's approaching wave, the hiss and sigh of ventilators, the crowded makeshift morgues, a time when we may even miss the old world arm's-length courtesy, Small kindnesses left on doorsteps, the drifting idle days and nights when we flung open all the windows to areas in the darkness, our voices reaching out, holding each other till this passes. And that's from a listener by the name of John, who uh, responded to our our call for a sense of the the country's, uh, as I say, COVID catharsis um, and see where we're all at. Another says, my, my beautiful dad passed away nine weeks ago. This is from Anne in Cork. Having cocooned and done everything asked of him during this awful time, he gave up the last two precious years of his life to this awful pandemic. And I was lucky enough to have seen him the morning he took ill, but I couldn't hug him. I stood away from him to protect him and I would give anything this morning to have that day back again and give him the biggest hug and squeeze him tight, just like the hugs we always shared when we met pre-COVID. I'm heartbroken. And that's from, from Anne and Jenny in Westmead. So we started this pandemic with a much longed for five-week-old little boy, a little brother to his six-year-old sister at the time. His dad, a frontline lab scientist, sat in our kitchen island trying to devise a test that would detect COVID that could be used with existing machines in his workplace. No one knew what lay ahead, whether it was Armageddon or a sniffle. I'm immensely proud of my husband and all of his colleagues. They were at the coalface and went in selfishly, selflessly for the betterment of others. Two years down the track and we now have another little girl. It's a very emotional morning in this house. Two babies who still have yet to meet family members, but finally light at the end of a very long and stressful uh, two years. No doubt about that. I've got more and I'll get to them in, in a few minutes. Um, but I see a text from New Zealand listening in this morning. It's my mum's birthday Angela Massey, she's a bit upset as my dad has dementia and doesn't remember it's her birthday. And I would like to cheer her up. And I know she would love it if she said happy birthday to her. Of course I will. From Natasha and Rian and Neve and Imogen Taylor and um, Angela, we're sending you all the love this morning. Happy birthday. Um, and of course you're upset by 
the circumstances with 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 um, your your husband. Um, but I'm sure, and hopefully, there'll be the flash of recognition just when you need it. And uh, we're sending you a big happy birthday greetings from uh, here via uh, New Zealand. It seems, says a text, that COVID has se- seemingly disappeared with the new announcements on Friday evening. Not great news for many people, those who are immune suppressed, the elderly, etc., and still thousands of cases per day being diagnosed. Shocking news, considering the way New Zealand are so considerate for their society. And that's a, a, a taste of, you know, a sort of... Um, an, an, an alternative view to the the joy, if you like, and that's uh, there's room for that too. No, no question about it. We'll take a quick break. Yeah, I was sp- speaking to Chloe Slevin uh, not too long ago about uh, life as a student nurse and also about her art, and she has created this amazing piece. Uh, which is now being auctioned off for the um, L- uh, Laura Lynn Ireland's Children's Hospice, and it is it's a, it's in a lot of the papers today, um, and it's the Mona Lisa but with a mask uh, on it, and uh, you should check it out. And well done to her for that, and people can get involved. Uh, go to the Laura Lynn webpage and maybe try and bid on it because it's quite a piece of art uh, for our time. Uh, Right, some text. Life has to go on. People shouldn't make others feel guilty for wanting to live their lives by rubbing the, oh, what about the vulnerable card? We've all paid the price and done what was asked of us. I know six people who committed suicide during COVID. Did anyone report their deaths as COVID casualties or casualties of the effects of COVID on mental health? Men with young families, some lost businesses, some lost hope. Nobody is stopping people if they want to continue to live as they choose in isolation. But for those of us with young children who've lost two years of their developing lives, let us get on with it and leave fear and sensationalism out of the news for the foreseeable future. Thank you. Another says, on the flip side, says, I'm honestly not trying to be a party pooper. But when I hear people say things like, I'm so glad it's over, I just can't make sense of it. Yes, the restrictions are over, but COVID isn't over. And this is what I'm, I can't understand. The threat is still very much there. Sitting at a bar pretending things aren't normal again seems like an insane risk, in my opinion. I'm so sorry to kill anyone's buzz, but I just feel like I'm watching everyone run into the sea when I can see a tsunami coming. Uh, Sorry to kill the joy, but just being honest. Hope I'll be proven wrong. Uh, Really, I do. Um, So mind yourself. So that's absolutely two sides of of, uh, the argument right there. Uh, Ryan mentioned uh, the video by an Irish comedian. Uh, where the government are trying to be heard saying the pandemic is not over while the crowds are roaring and singing. It's by Killian Sunderman. It sure is. Now, I don't know if this works as well as an audio piece as it does as a video piece, but this is Killian Sunderman. It made me laugh when you see it. it and he's trying to be the voice of the government or Neffet in, in a very busy, busy bar. Like, this does not mean that the pandemic is over. He's just quite constantly repeating. This does not mean the pandemic is over. We can't be heard for the bar. Uh, the bar shouts and, okay. So that's to look at humorous aside to this whole story. I remember that book, No Time for Work, by George Ryan, says a listener in Harold's Cross, and in fact found it again during a lockdown declutter, and we'll read it now. It's very, very funny. I must say hello to the two um, 50-year-old dolls, Trish and Anne, so-called, uh, I mean, they call themselves dolls, sitting on the beach in Abu Dhabi, listening to us on the beach in Abu Dhabi. What are you doing? You should not be listening to some tunes and enjoying us. Anyway, uh, good to have you with you. It's so nice to feel the warm sand once again. Okay, now I'm jealous. We've got to get out of here. Uh, Claire Burns standing by. Stay tuned to her and have a wonderful day. The Ryan Tuberty Show. Listen back on the RTE Radio Player.